Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all my blessed and highly favored people feeling this morning? I know the answer to that without even waiting for a response. You are all doing just wonderful today. And for those of you who might not be doing that great today, Here's a word of advice for you. Rest in the Lord and he will give you comfort and peace, right? Because Psalm 37, 7 tells us to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And of course, you know, that was coming from the New King James Version. And just a little bit of trivia or not trivia, but a little bit of background behind the word rest The word rest, when the psalmist was referring to it, was referring to rest in a spiritual type of rest, not rest like go go to sleep rest, which is the type of rest I love, but he was referring to it in a spiritual, in a spiritual context, meaning one from confusion, from worry, from stress, and from any unnecessary human efforts, right? When he said rest, he meant a total detachment from everything that was external, anything that had to do with an enemy, you know, like anything that would break any form of communing with God, right? So he said, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And in Hebrew, the word rest means to be at peace, to be still, to be quiet or calm. So if we were to take that word rest and put those words in its place, you'll even notice that in some translations, Like in the NIV, it says, be still before the Lord. And in the New Living Translation, it says, be still in the presence of the Lord. So when we think about having a rest, right? And if we really want to have a rest and be at peace, we have to be in the presence of God having surrendered everything to him. So that was just something to think about. That was just something to think about. I just thought I I thought I would throw that out there. You know, every opportunity that I get to drop a little piece of knowledge and or understanding, I do it every so often. But now here's the thing. Now we know when we say we want to rest or we need to get some rest, or if we even feel like, you know what, I really need to rest. We know that our souls are actually telling us to be still so that we could be in the presence of God, right? So I have some news I want to share with you guys. I might be returning to the studio soon. Yay! Preparations are being put into place so that 
all of the hosts at Radio Free Brooklyn, for those of us that did not fully return to the studio and are still working from home, preparations are being put in place so that we can return. Now that's exciting news, don't you think? Well, it's exciting news when I really think about it. It's exciting news, but it's also sort of bittersweet for me. And I guess it's because I've gotten used to the fact of doing my show from home, right? Not traveling to the studios on Sunday mornings. Remember how I used to get on and be like, ah, oh, it was so cold out there this morning, traveling to the studio. I, I got used to being home, cozy, comfortable, right? But although I had become a bit of a house potato, I will admit that there is a part of me that misses being able to take phone calls, right? Because when I was in the studio, then all you good people can call me, say, hey, what's going on? Or you could help interject into something we might have been talking about on the radio when you wanted to give your understanding or your two cents, as everybody puts it, when we speak and people interject ideas. So that's what I will be looking forward to, to go back to the studio, to be able to do, to be able to take phone calls, right, from all my lovely listeners. Because truth be told, truth be told, I enjoyed that part of the show as well. So when I think about everything that has happened Over the past 19 months, being home and everything, it's kind of hard to let it go. Which leads me to our topic for today's show, which is entitled, How Do You Know When It's Time to Let Go? Interesting. Think about it. How do you know when it's time to let go, right? And do you ever find yourself holding on to something or feelings about someone longer than necessary, right? If so, can I tell you that it is usually due to our emotions or our emotional state at the time that leads us to hold on to things where we should have let them go so long ago. Our emotions tend to cloud our judgment, making it difficult for us to rationalize a situation, right? So when we start to move or make decisions with our emotions, allowing our hearts to decide for us, what we would normally use our minds to decide, we usually end up staying or at least sticking around a lot longer than we should have, right? Think about it. How many times have you told yourself 
right? Listen to this. How many times have you told yourself? Because I know I do it. I'm guilty hand raised. I'm not going to do blank, blank, blank. I'm never going to blank, blank, blank. I will not blank, blank, blank ever again. Fill in those blanks with your own stuff, right? Because we all have a basket of stuff of our own that we stuff to the side and say, no, I won't. And we can just pick them out and put them in here at random, right? Only, mind you, get this, after we've said those words, only to let our hearts remind us of how we felt when we did the blank, blank, blank. Or only to have our hearts remind us of how we felt when we did blank, blank, blank. Leading us right back into the place that we said we would never go again, right? Emotions can make us believe anything that we want to believe. Trust me. Trust me. You let your your emotions get involved when you're trying to make a decision about something. It's not usually, usually, now don't get me wrong. Sometimes it could be a good thing, but sometimes, usually, with my own experience, it's never a good thing when I make a decision and my emotions are involved. It's never a good thing, right? You think to yourself, like here, for example, we think to ourselves, oh, he's a good man. You know, don't leave him. We talk about relationship-wise. Or she's a good woman. You know, don't leave her. Or even if it's not relationship, because sometimes these decisions don't have anything to do with something romantic. It could be a job. Oh, you know, I can't quit this job. I need this job. You know, this is my livelihood, right? Or you'll have, it could be a group. It could be friends, a group of friends that you have. They said they were going to do blah, 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 and they didn't, or Oh boy, here we go again. They just did blah, blah, blah. There's so many scenarios that we can think of, right? And we can interchange any of the things that I said we had in that basket sitting on the side to let us know it's time to let go. So here are some of the signs that we always choose to ignore when it's time to let go. Because you know, everything comes with a warning, right? I don't care what it is. Before something happens, there's always a warning. It's just, it just depends on how subtle or how magnified it is. And that goes by what you pay attention to. But this is how we're going to know. This is how we're going to know. I call them the warning signs that we need to let something go. Now, in my list, I've chosen seven. Of course, you know, because seven is the number of completion. And I'm going to start off the list with when we lose trust. When we have a difficult time trusting in anything, what is being told to us, how something looks to us, what's happening around us. 
this is a clear indication that it's time to leave a situation or a person, right? When we lose that trust, when our heart doesn't feel or when our mind looks at the situation and says, I don't trust this. B, or did I say one? Did I say one at first or did I say A? Well, for our next one, which is either two or B, when we lose our enthusiasm, right? When we lose our enthusiasm, nothing is exciting about the relationship or the situation anymore. Like we always like to say, the novelty has worn off, right? It just doesn't feel the way it used to. And you have to, when you find yourself forcing yourself to engage in a situation or in a person, it's time to let it go. Three, C, when you are constantly disappointed, right? Now just think about it. Work-wise, you dreamt of getting that promotion. You put your all, all your effort into being a team player, being available, reliable. Not that those aren't traits that you should have all the time, but you really made sure that you went above and beyond to get the job done. And once again, you're passed over for that promotion, right? As you had been so many times in the past. When you're constantly disappointed or here it is, you're in a relationship and you have your hopes up. You have expectations. You have things that you're looking forward to for the, on how the relationship should progress. And it doesn't. And you're constantly being disappointed by that individual and the relationship that you're in. It's time to let it go. D. When you're told one thing and shown another, right? The walk just doesn't match the talk. Or, as we say sometimes, actions speak louder than words. When you hear something, but you see something else being done, it's time to let it go. E. When we feel exhausted or defeated, right? Have you ever just felt tired of a situation, right? I mean, tired. You could literally feel tired of a situation. You feel drained. It's like whenever you think about it or even, uh, even here we go again, not just relationships, but even a job or um, something that you might volunteer for, right? When you think about having to be there in that place, it just makes you feel so tired, right? And you do everything that you possibly can do to have that energy to be there. You are just physically and emotionally drained. It's time to let it go. F. When you cannot see your way out, right? When it seems like 
all hope is lost. My time is up. I should have done this sooner. Right? But you're like, how do, where do I start? Where do I begin? Where's the exit door? You're turning around in a circle because you just can't seem to find a way out. It's time to let it go. And last but not least, when you stop dreaming, right? When you stop dreaming, when you are just going through the motions without having any real purpose for what you're doing or for the relationship that you're in, it's time to let it go, right? Staying somewhere when we know we should let it go is due to our lack of living in the now, right? I mean, because when you think about it, if you were living in your reality of what was happening today at this moment, you would be able to let whatever it is go. Because it's only when we are comfortable with comfortable with the familiar that we don't want to let things go and we are rooted in our past whatever the past is whatever past memories we have we're rooted in that even though they were bad our mind will always tend to think of the good right we'll always tend to think of the good think about it I have an example for you when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Because of its the wicked place that it was, the wickedness that they were doing there, right? You can read that in Genesis 19. We see when Lot was leaving with his wife and family, she turned around, right? Now God had told them, don't look back. But she turned around because her heart was still tethered to the place. And then turning around, we all know she turned into a pillar of salt, right? And for those of you who don't know, whenever you hear about the woman that turned around and turned into a pillar of salt, or you hear somebody say, oh, don't turn around because you're going to turn into a pillar of salt, just as a figure of speech, they're referring to Lot's wife, right? And that was showing us how you can be so attached to your past that even for to your detriment, you will still try to stay there or still try to look and try to remember whatever it is that you had back there, right? And this too can happen to us if we refuse to move forward and let go. Not that we're going to turn into a pillar of salt, but in some instances, you'll see some people that just don't have any life. They don't have any life about them because they are still tethered to their past in one way or another, right? And there are many more of these things. There's many more examples. I only listed seven. I'm sure you could probably list your own in your from your own personal experiences. You'll say, you know what? When I started feeling like X, Y, Z, that was time for me to go. So I ask you right now, what are we supposed to do when we receive those signs, but we don't heed them, right? We look to the word. We look to the word. And I'm going to go through all the seven and show you how in the word, God can show you how you can get everything back that you feel you lost. Beginning with number one, 
when we lose our trust, right? When you lose your trust, you're actually losing your trust in God, right? Because he never meant for you to put your faith or your trust in man or manner. Manner being the material things. We were always supposed to put our trust in him. And Proverbs 3, 5 tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths, right? When we keep our focus on God, it allows us to be able to walk away from things people, places, and things that are not from him and that where we should no longer be, right? Two, when we lose our enthusiasm, Ecclesiastes 9 tells us the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong. So that means when you lose your enthusiasm, and it's usually, like I said, because it's lost its novelty. And yes, it can be a sign that it's time for you to let something go, right? But keeping in mind, and this is all based on when we have God as the principal head of our lives, directing everything that we do. Everything that I said before is when we're living on our own, we're doing things on our own, we're moving on our own. But when we have God that's directing us, when we lose our enthusiasm, we're reminded that the race is not given to the swift. So that means it's not going to be something that's going to happen overnight. You know, you might not get that promotion right away, right? But it doesn't mean that you're not worthy of the promotion. And it doesn't mean that you have to get it there. Sometimes people feel that in order for them to move up or obtain what they feel their just worth is, has to come from a corporation that they've been at for X amount of years. And we'll see, you'll notice that with the baby boomers, our mindset is like that. Oh, we've been here this, t- you know, this amount of time we put in on our put in all our efforts. So we're just going to stay and we're going to, you know, we're going to stick it out because we know eventually it's going to come. The millennials, the Gen Xers, <laughs> if you're not giving it to them tomorrow and they just was born yesterday, they're out. They don't wait around for anything. Oh, you're not going to give it to me. This is their mindset. Oh, you're not going to give it to me. Well, then I'm going to go get it for myself. And that's when That's the difference in the mindsets of the way they see things and the way we see things. They don't mind letting stuff go. That's one thing I will say. Gen Xers and millennials, they will let things go in a heartbeat, right? In a heartbeat, they let it go. They just figure I'll get another one. But I digress. I don't want to get off on that because that's a whole nother talk show. Number three, when we are constantly disappointed, Philippians 4.19 tells us, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So once again, like I said, when you're trying to hold on thinking that that's where your reward is coming from, God is letting you know, 
I'm the one that supplies your needs. I'm the one that supplies everything that it pertains to your life, right? Our next point, when you are told one thing and shown another, remember walking the walk and talking the talk? Numbers 23:19 tells us, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He has he said he will he will not do it. Let me say that again because I messed that all up. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? That right there lets you know. When he's walking the walk, he's talking the talk, okay? Jesus talked and walked everything that he said, and he never had to backpedal, backstep, reevaluate anything that he said or did, right? So, moving along. When we feel so exhausted and defeated, Romans 8.37 tells us, yet, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So we don't have to feel tired. We don't have to feel like we've lost because in the end, we win when we're in Christ. We win when we follow God, right? We are winners. Another point, we cannot see our way out, right? That's when we're just so blinded. It's like we're walking around in a circle because we just can't find the exit door. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his ways. So just know when you're turning around in a circle, turning around in a circle, stop, stop and just seek God and you will know the way that you need to go. You'll know the way that you need to walk, right? And last but not least, when we stop dreaming, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So we could hold fast to that dream or that word that was spoken to us knowing that God is going to let it come to pass because when we delight ourselves in him, he gives us our desires, right? But can I say, we hold on, like I said once before, to what is familiar, what appears to be safe. We walk in the path of least resistance. But let me tell you that all change and growth requires some stretching, right? There's going to be some discomfort and sometimes in most cases, a lot of uncertainty. None of us know what tomorrow will bring, but we do know the one who knows, right? Deuteronomy 31, six, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord, your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. 
right? So when you serve the most high God who knows the plans that he has set for us, you can believe that you are going to be all right. You can let it go. And with that, it's time for us to take a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. Like a song I've heard once many times Like the same old movie, you're always gonna make me cry Just pain and trouble with a good disguise Trying to start a fire, trying to steal my light All you ever did was hold me back So now I'm never ever coming back But why, tell me why You're stuck inside my head And I just can't get you out your
I've been listening to up with KSA here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now time for the part of the show that we call Op Ed. And in today's Op Ed, now I know I had been shying away from Op Ed, not really shying away, but just not really focusing in on what has been happening in the news of late. Because, you know, sometimes when I really follow what's going on in the news and I start talking about it, it makes me get kind of anxious in some instances and even creates agita. So I really, I've been feeling pretty good lately. But, you know, there's just some topics that when I hear them, I just cannot let it go. And today's today's topic is one of those topics. I've now... Recently, understand that Bill de Blasio has announced that city workers who are not vaccinated for COVID-19 by the end of October will be put on leave without pay. Now, I know this is a stick in the mud for a lot of people. This is a bone of contention, right? And let me explain to you, the new requirement expands upon the previous policy that was announced back in July, right? Which required all city workers to either be vaccinated or tested for COVID each week. Now, this new mandate does not include the testing option, right? So that means you either have to be vaccinated or you're out. And this affects around 160.5 thousand city workers, right? Which include police, firefighters, and other agencies, right? So now, we already know that the teachers too, right? The teachers were given that from before, right? So now... Here it is, de Blasio is saying that it's a great privilege, you know, for people to be able to serve 
you know, the people of New York. And by having that privilege, that privilege comes with having that privilege you also have a responsibility to keep yourself and your community safe, right? This is the Blasio statement about the mandate. And the city is offering a $500 paycheck bump to those employees who receive their first their first dose within the next week. Okay, so now there's so many levels and layers of what I just said that I could jump on and just stay there for a minute and talk about, right? And let me continue. The workers who do not show proof of the vaccine to their supervisors by October 29th will be placed on an unpaid leave until they do so. So that means you'll be furloughed at home with no pay indefinitely if you don't get that shot, right? So now, here it is. The city wants you to get a shot in order to be able to work. Now, how do you guys feel about that? I have always said, you know what? It's everybody's choice to do what they want to do. You know, it's your choice. You take the vaccine, you don't take the vaccine. When it really, when it first came out that, oh, we have these vaccines and they're available, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, a lot of people needed to, to me, a lot of people needed to educate themselves about the subject of the vaccine, looking to look into all the research, what you can find, what's out there. Even on the conspiracy theory side, whichever, whatever you needed to do to put it all together to come to some type of conclusion, do it. But here we are now. We are now at a point where a lot of people are vaccinated. And actually, you know what? Let me get the number to the number of people in America that are vaccinated. Because it's not really that high, but let me get the number for you. Hold on one second. I'm going to do some research real quick right here on my computer. Okay, 55.8, or let's just round up and say 56% of Americans have had their vaccination, okay? 55%. So, well, 56%, I'm sorry. So now, when we think about it like that, like I said in the beginning, I was like, okay, everybody gather your resources get your understanding for the vaccine. Now we are moving to the point where we have 56% of Americans vaccinated, right? And the other 44% that's not vaccinated is not doing it. Is it because they still don't believe the data or the how, um, how could I say, the scientific facts behind the vaccine, is there still not enough evidence for them to say, okay, let me take this vaccine? Or is it just now screaming because you're trying to take away my rights? Take away your rights to what? And this, and see, when I use that term, I don't want people to think that I'm all for forcing people to do something because I'm not. Because me coming from an oppressed people for 
ever and is still being oppressed in some instances. But like I said, that's another talk show I won't digress on. I understand what it feels like when it seems like somebody's trying to take your freedom from you. I understand that. But it, is someone trying to take your freedom from you to save your life and the lives of others? Or are they just trying to take your freedom from you just because they have the capacity to take your freedom? I mean, think about it. When you think about it like that, then you have to, you have to come to a logical conclusion. And this is here we talk about with emotions, just like what we were just talking about, letting things go. When you come at this situation, right? Or this point of view, dealing with it emotionally. Oh, they're trying to take away my rights. They're trying to take away my freedom. They're now allowing me to be free and do what I want because it's my will, my body, my yada, yada, whatever you want to put up there. And when you think about it rationally and logically, you know what? I might not like the fact that I have to take a vaccine but in this world pandemic, not in my neighborhood pandemic, not in my state pandemic, the world, there were thousands upon thousands of people that passed away from this dreaded disease, right? So if modern technology has allowed us to rather than have a disease like the black plague, like the Spanish flu, wipe out an entire group of people because we now have modern medicine, which modern medicine is something that we strived to get to because that's why we were always mixing stuff up in some laboratory, be it good, bad, or indifferent because you wanted to get to an expected end of something better, even if it was cynical to you in your mind, you thought it was something better. If we now were striving because man has so much technology and, and, and just technological background and all the experiments that we've done, we have all this at our fingertips now that we can come to some type of, ooh, let's do this and it can save lives, then why are we now bucking the system saying, oh no, I don't trust it, I don't trust it, I don't trust it. But yet, but yet, we're looking for cures, we're looking for cures for diseases that have been around forever. And here's a conspiracy theory that people always, you know, want to talk about. Oh, they could find a um, they could find a vaccine for COVID nineteen, but they can't cure cancer because they want to make money off cancers. Blah 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 blah. You know what? That's neither here nor there. But if cancer now don't um, don't get me wrong, cancer is killing people. But if cancer were wiping out people at the rate that COVID did in, and when I say rate, I mean in the amount of time the record amount of time. If cancer were wiping out people the same way COVID 
has the capacity to do, and they said they had a vaccine for cancer, would you run and take it? I just want to know, would you run and take it? Do you think that people today that have cancer, if they told them tomorrow, we have this pill that you can take and we're not a hundred percent sure of what the side effects are going to be, but we know it's going to, it's going to cure your cancer in some step, in some sense. Do you think the people would swallow the pill? I'm just saying, why is COVID-19 any different? Why is, why is it? the way that we look at COVID-19 any different. And if you're getting a vaccine helps to save the life of someone else, why is that so hard to comprehend that maybe that's the underlying factor behind everybody, municipalities, even now some private corporations? Why is that so hard to stand behind and say, yeah, this is a good thing because we want to save lives? I'm just asking. I'm not saying that every, I'm not saying one way or another, yeah, everybody should do it. And all of you who's not doing it, you're selfish, you're this, you're that. But it goes back to the same way with wearing a mask, right? And I'm sure it is uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. Some days it's very uncomfortable for me too. But you know what? When I think about being uncomfortable for a little while as opposed to me dropping dead because I may walk by somebody who's going to cough, sneeze, or just not have a mask on and I can pick up something because we, you know, we pick up common colds like that, you know? So if it's going to make me feel uncomfortable for a little bit so that I could have life tomorrow, then you know what, can you be uncomfortable? And if you want to fuss, cuss, and complain about it when you're in the privacy of your own home, then you do so. But at least you have the capacity to do so, right? There's thousands of others that don't have the capacity to say, to fret about anything because God rest their soul, they weren't able to fight past this disease. So it's just something I want all those who are standing out there holding their sign saying, it's my freedom, it's my freedom, it's my freedom. But yet you still want to have this job where you're around the public. And see, that's another thing too. You're interacting with people in the public, but you don't care that you might be spreading something to them. Or even better, even if you did take the selfish side and say, you know what, I don't want these people spreading something to me. No. There's something to think about. And that is the end of op-ed. So now, since we are, I believe, this is the last weekend in October, is it? We still on our word. Our word for the month is um, inspire. So let's inspire all those with everything that I just said to think about what is going on when it comes to this vaccination and their livelihood. Our promise today is going to come from 1 Peter 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And with that, I want to remind everybody that COVID is still out there. So wear your mask, wash your hands, and social distance. Have a blessed, wonderful Sunday. Enjoy the week ahead of you. 
be the best that you can in everything that you do this week. When you wake up, say, I am a winner and I'm going to give it my best. And with that, until God brings us together again next week. Shadow dream
Yeah. 